Hello, everybody, and welcome to Show and Tell. Hello. You know, what are we doing for the next half an hour? Mm, good question. Well, we're going to hang out and sit here, and all these cool people from the maker community and Adafruit community are going to come by with their 3D printing, their soldering, their synthesizers, their IoT platforms, and uh, per pixel circuit board pixel art, and more. And they're going to show it to us, and other people can show up because this is our show and tell where anyone can join. We're going to be here for the next 25 minutes checking in with folks. Uh, first up is going to be Jay. Jay, what you guys thinking this week? Hey, Jack and Digi. I finally finished my new pair of glasses. They just got done literally Yay. today. Hot, hot, still warm from the printer. Yes, very still warm. All 3D printed <laughs> as you can see from all the layer lines. Um, the iris is working pretty much better than the last pair, which makes me happy. And then, of course, you have the actual working functioning eye, which is pretty good as well. I can you can kind of see a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to get the camera a little bit. The micro, the this stuff you can see, where you can actually use these, and I am happy with them. I have to add a resistor to the motor speed, but other than that, design-wise, they're wonderful. And now I am going to be working on a smaller version that's going to be more of a monocle for people to make at home. I just have to figure out what components to use for that one, but. At the end of the day, I am very happy with these. They look cool. I'm going to tell everybody that these are the new Apple augmented reality goggles. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because these are actually lighter than the last pair I had, which is like, I guess I figured out math and science a lot better to make yeah. them look because they actually feel a lot better and don't fall off my face right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can carry a lot on your head. Like I've had like heavy headsets and like VR stuff. You could get away with a lot, but eventually it's like, it like it'll leave marks or it gets hot. Um, These so. are pretty comfy because I use plastic frames, not the metal frames. The last one yeah. is yeah. frames that kept getting stuck in my hair. Plastic frames are a lot better from I've noticed, but I still need to test them out for at least a week and then mark the good and the bad before going into full on like. All right, let me cut out a pair of glasses type of situation. Yeah, they look great. All right, so if folks want to learn more about these buildies or. Do something with these one day. What's their What's their go? Where do they? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, of course, but also look keep an eye on DigiKey and our Make.io because that's where I publish all my work now. Really? Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jay, and come back um, as you refine this design. And I'm looking forward to waiting in line for these at the Apple Store. Uh, all right. No, thanks, all right, Jay. Thanks, guys. Next, uh, and what you got going on this week? Hi, everybody. Um, I think I've teased on the interwebs, and I released a guide, finally, on making uh, PCB jewelry. I can't. That's oh, great. Um, these look like little floppy disks, and they, they're made with um, uh, Oshpark purple PCBs. And uh, But uh, if somebody's more nostalgic for black or even pink, you know, they can send it off to their favorite board shop. Um, the, all, let's see, most of the software is, is open source and, uh, one is uh, trialware. So it uses, uh, winter blooms, gingerbread, uh, website, which is free. And that converts your vector art into, uh, uh, KiCad, uh, footprints, which you can just paste in and then that generates all the art files that the board um, place will want to make them. So you just send off and you get several copies of your your circuit board and you can make floppies or you can make almost anything you can think of. 
um, just thinking about layering different um, um, parts of the PCB and making that the various colors in your design. All right, awesome. And it's so iconic. You could tell, you know, exactly what it is. For the youngins, it's a save icon, but for, you know, everyone else, it's like it's a Well, they look great, and there's more yeah. to come. Okay. Oh, definitely. There, there's more PCBs, so keep an eye out on the learning system. Okay. Right, yeah, we'll nice. be talking about it tonight on Ask an Engineer. All right. Well, thanks, Thank Anne. you, Anne. All right. Next up, I think we're going to go to Lauren. Lauren, you want to uh, show your demo? Absolutely. Hi, everybody. Uh, everybody say hi to Lauren. Hi, Lauren. All right. Hey. <laughs> what you got going uh, on? Yeah. Yeah, I came to uh, show off some a new uh, firmware installer that we've got live on io now so i've got myself a nice feather for folks who don't know lauren Laura, oh, so i just want to introduce lauren because lauren's an adafruit team member we have a lot of adafruit team members on here um lauren's one of the folks who's been working on whippersnapper and adafruit io which has been going absolutely been great we just had a ton of people visit adafruit and they're like oh like whoever's working on whippersnapper and io tell them thank you they're making it because our joke is like we're making iot too easy um, but anyways, uh, I'll get out of your way now. Um, do your demo. <laughs> Thank you. That was a great intro. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I've got a, a Feather ESP32 V2 here that I want to get on Whippersnapper. So I'm going to show off the process now. So I simply go to new device. I'm just going to type V2, knowing that the search will find it. There it is. Um, I, I meant to do this beforehand, but I'm going to type in my secrets right in front of you. Um, and now, um, if you've used the old installer, you used to have to type in your AIO key. Um, that's automatically handled now magically behind the scenes for you. And now via web serial, we can actually install the firmware straight from the website due to the magic of the web serial API. Um, so you don't see the pop up here, but it's it's, it's actually showing me, uh, having me uh, pick the device from my various uh, serial connections. And I picked it and now things are cooking. So. It's connected to the device. It's it's erased the flash. It's downloaded a zip file full of firmware files, turned them into firmware files that are signed with my key or they have my key bundled in, and it's actually flashing them onto this device now. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. It's almost like there's not a whole lot to show off because it's like a one-click installer. It just works. Um, yeah, yeah, it's too easy. It's like okay, you installed software, like, but this is so. Is it does everything. This for is you. this is, and like yeah, you know, folks Google it or look at our um, learning system, or whatever. Web serial is really amazing, really powerful, and I think we're really pushing the boundaries of what you can do with hardware. Like we have like real examples. It really works, and it makes things like it was so hard to get anything on a device and do anything. Now it's just like boring. Like, look, it just, you know, you're demo. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe it was you know a few seconds of dead air there, but it was really only about a minute and the whole thing is done. So I'm just yeah. going to press uh, reset and click the next step here in the installer and uh, pray to the demo gods. Oh, it's working. Yeah. I don't know if you see the lights flashing, but it's yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Live. that's live. That could be, that could be anywhere in the world. All right. And then yeah. Say... yeah, there it is. It just connected. Yay! Right there it is, end to end, no code, no command line, just clicky click click on a website, plug a USB cable in, and your device is connected to Whippersnapper. Yeah, and what's neat is once you connect a board like the the Feather, um, as a stemma connector, you can have, you can do more sensors, and we're adding sensors all the time. Okay, wait, I, I, it's like I feel like let's do. Uh, well, I'm gonna just like. What are you doing? Um, speed round, Lauren. Can you uh -oh. add an LED connected to the? Pin 13 LED and, and turn it on and off. Or not what? pin 13, the onboard LED. 
Yeah, the LED built in. Yep. In yeah. fact, I didn't yeah. have to do anything. It, it automatically detected yeah. that that would be there. Okay, the component. Um, okay and then uh, show it. When we, we can make him large, so you can. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna. It's, I'm it's gonna, a small LED. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna okay. So now LED. you press the button on the website, right. <laughs> and it turns on and off. Yeah. I'm pressing the button on the website, even though you can't see that now. Okay. Yeah. Yay. Amazing. Yeah. You oh yeah. It. Look, you get a little. You put the slider, and it just works. Just works. No code. No it's code. It's already for you. The whole no world wiring. is available to you now. This is the dream. I mean, it's just like, it's so easy. Uh, even a girl could do it. No, uh, it, it's so easy. Even a front-end web developer can do it. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, there we go. A lot, of folks, a lot of folks are like, I just want to know when my basement is leaking. That's it. That's all I just want to, that's all I want to do. And these are the, you can start to cobble together your, your own custom things without even doing any coding at all. Um, but it's really powerful. You can if you want. There's a lot of other things We've, too. I mean, we've had reports from people who know how to do all this stuff, and they're like, "Look, there's too much work. I just, like you said, yeah. I just want. I've got the board. I've got the component. I don't want to go download a bunch of stuff. I don't want to write yeah. the code. If I could just click, 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 you know, I don't need to learn all that stuff. I know how to do it. And if I could just do it fast, I would yeah. do a lot more of this. Kind I of mean, stuff, you just so. you basically been, did been, did what normally would be like a four day. IoT. And by the way, everything is SSL. It's all secure connected. Um, you know, you have it all set up, it's working perfectly, and you did it in under two and a half minutes. That's the thing for like IoT demos, like you spend like 20 hours on it and then it blinks, and it is a big deal. But it is kind of better if it's only like a minute and it blinks. Like, look, I spent like a minute, look, blinks. That, that I think that's the right amount of time, like you know, for the, for the yeah. uh some of boards boot really fast too. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's variable, but uh and it's only getting better, lots, lots more coming this year. So all right, yes, Lauren, great demo. Thank Yay. you so much. Thanks, everybody. So exciting. All right. Lauren and Brent are a power team. Next up, Scott, what you got going on this week? Oh, I'm I got nerd sniped by Lady Ada. So nerd sniping is a term that I <laughs> I brought along to say that like you distract a nerd with something interesting. Um, and uh, Lamore brought up the the bus pirate and how it's becoming un unobtainium due to the chips that are used in it. And she's had this idea of re-implementing the bus pirate in CircuitPython. So I just wanted to share a window. Um, I've been working on re-implementing it. So I'm using the dual CDC nature of CircuitPython. So the top part of this window is the output that I'm getting from CircuitPython. And the bottom part is the second CDC connection that is acting like a bus pirate. So you can see that I can type like question mark and there's debug stuff at the top and then the like regular bus piratey stuff at the bottom that you're getting. Um, so you can say, like, what is it? This is on the RP2040, but it's generic CircuitPython code, so it should kind of work across everything, um, although there will be pin mapping that you have to do. Um, and then there's also, like, a history that you can do. So you could do, like, I want to rerun command two. That's all standard bus pirate stuff. So if you've used bus pirate, I haven't actually used it before, but if you've used it or you do use it, um, please ping me on Discord and uh, let me know how you use it because there's a lot of stuff that bus pirates can do, and I kind of like I don't have a great feeling for like what the thing things are that people actually use. Um, so that'd be super helpful if anybody's had experience with bus pirate. Um, I ordered one, so I'll be able to compare the two. Yeah, this is what, actually this project is six years old. It's one of the first things when we got the Samd21 going. It's actually one of the first things I tried doing, and I hit a yep. bunch of roadblocks. There was only one USB UART, and so I was like, hey, let's. Right. Yeah, support for the second one that happened a couple of years ago. Yep, didn't run out of memory very quickly, and we did the mm -hmm. same fifty one. But then you know, 
I ended up not finishing the project then because right. we didn't have that second view art. But now the RP2040 is excellent for uh, this kind of debugging and um, just a couple other things that came together. And I was like, oh, you know, now might be a really good time to revisit this very old project. I love uh, bringing yeah. up stuff from like six, seven years ago and being like, last commit five years ago. And I'm like, today's the day. Yeah. Right? The bar was like this useful tool that everyone had. And then it's kind of not available. And also th there's been a lot of advancements in chips. So we can do a lot yeah. more now too. So it'll be nice to have this. Does anyone say like Swiss Army knife? Like, it is like a Swiss yeah. Army knife. Does yeah. anyone say that anymore? Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a trademark, so I just think they have to use multi-tool. Okay. Say multi -tool. It's like it's like a multi-tool of electronics. Okay. Right. Yeah, and and you know, if people have code that they wrote for a bus pirate, like this this allows them to use that with any circuit python device. Yeah, because it's been discontinued. We used to stock it and actually we were we put in a restocking order and they're like, we don't know when it's gonna be available because yeah. of the chip shortage. So yep. just expected it. Yeah, I wasn't able to buy any V4s. I got a V3.6. There's a couple after, yeah, we just sold out like two weeks ago. And we can't yeah. get any more. All right. Well, thanks so much, Scott. Cool. Next, uh, Chepler, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I was out for a couple of weeks uh, doing PyCon and seeing Utah Park. So I don't really have a cool new project to show off. I have one that I did probably like 15 years ago. So it's just in this little shadow box here. Okay. And I'm going to reach back and what? turn on the power. What is it? Ooh. Oh, and it lights up. It's a giraffe. So this uh, I gave to my mother-in-law. She loved giraffes. And um, she passed away um, a year and a half ago. And now it's mine again. So it's a plexiglass cut on a CNC machine with some yellow and red LEDs at the yeah. top and bottom. And it just lights up in this kind of, I thought it was a uh, giraffe orange color yeah and, yeah. Nice. and almost like on my bookshelf now and i'll remember that's anyway really that's cool. what i've got tonight that's really neat. and uh thanks for all the stuff that you did at pycon bringing people together yeah it was a really great time we met so many folks at the open spaces and at the sprint um and yeah i i love it so uh take this kind of as your early warning i will want to go next year yeah okay you All right, and JT, I think is you can, now. You can record this and play it back to us <laughs> I in saw, about 350 days. I saw. Where do they do it? Is it going to be in Pennsylvania? Yeah, it's in Pittsburgh, yeah. and it'll be okay. in May next year. Oh, All right. right, that's not too far from us, too. All right, we could yeah. make a countdown with a clock with a pipe portal. All right, that would be fun. All right, thanks yep. so much, yeah. And JP will come by in a little bit and show what I've actually been working on in Circuit Python land. So All right, he's okay. he's up next. All right. right, what a good segue. You hey, know, JP. we script we script Thank all. Of, there's a writer strike, but we've we've been managing. All right, <laughs> JP, what you got I was just incepted by Jepler. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, Jepler, Jeff is a little too modest because while he was on vacation and at PyCon and at the national parks, he was writing uh, code for the SynthIO library in CircuitPython, uh, specifically code for doing uh, essentially amplitude uh, envelopes or, or volume envelopes. Um, I've got this code running on a Metro M7 right here, and it's reading MIDI messages uh, coming over sort of serial or UART MIDI from this little keyboard. Um, and the cool thing that's going on here is that when I uh, normally press a note, when you when you tell a note to make some, some noise in a synthesizer, sort of the most simple thing you can say is what's the pitch of it? And are we playing the note or are we not playing the note? So that's just like a really simple hard on off, something like this. Right, so that's a little um, 
It's like buzzer-like. It's a buzzer on-off. And a buzzer-like, yeah. It's just on-off, hard-off. So what an envelope does is it allows you to ramp up gradually uh, how the from nothing to full volume goes. Uh, you can do some other stuff in the middle, but then also when you release the note, does it gradually fade off? And that's making those changes is what sort of gives you a lot of the interest in uh, in synthesizers notes. So uh, I have that actually uh, in this code, which is from Todd Bot, who's also been play playing around with this. Uh, I have that envelope of how softly it comes in and out. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Attached to or mapped to the velocity of these keys. So how fast I press them. You'll notice I press them real fast and they're on off very quickly. If I press them a little more slowly, Ooh. you can hear it has a nice sort of tail going out there. You can hear it a little better probably with more notes. This is the theme to Solaris. Uh, <laughs> right, versus if I hit those real hard. Which you might want that effect too, and so we've got the options now. Uh, so Jeff has worked on this ADSR, which is attack, sustain, uh, decay, and release. It's a, a sort of typical pattern. Uh, it gives you a bazillion options. Uh, and one other thing I wanted to show off in this is that Todd also started implementing a sort of mixing of wave shapes or wave tables. So the notes that I'm playing, even if I just play one and hold it, I can kind of mold the harmonics that we're hearing and, and sort of shift between um, the different wave forms. And I'm using a, a off key. You can't see it over here, but there's a, there's a little control. I'm wiggling over here, kind of like a mod wheel. I'm wiggling to do that. Um, so super exciting, and I'm going to be integrating this into the very cool computer perfection uh, 1980s that looks like 1960s sci-fi ashtray toy thing uh, that yeah. PT discovered. So um, it should give us some really nice, with, with these long uh, sort of releases, it should give us some cool sort of pad type of, uh, of ambient sounds, which I'm looking forward to doing with it. All right, cool. And they can tune in tomorrow on your show. And I think in the daily builds, you can folks can grab this and play along. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff can can point you at it if you can't find it, but it's uh, I think it's in the um, uh, Amazon uh, S yeah. RP twenty forty. So this is great. This is really cool. Yeah, this is as you're know, making the the joke uh, during the we have a meeting beforehand that. Um, you know, JP and Toddbot are like, they're just completely disfigured synth heads. Like, they're just like, ah, I've been in the dark making synth. And, and Jepler is like this, like, pure-faced proto-hobbit, sure. like, who, who's like, who knows nothing about synthesizers. And so it's like, well, I'll just implement whatever seems to make sense. And it doesn't have the analysis paralysis. Um, he asks the right questions. And yeah, he, it doesn't, like, doesn't have any assumptions about it. And so I kind of feel like, uh, you know, Jepler's throwing you, like, um, meat on a stick and you know you're just like grabbing you're like ah you know, like you're like some monster <laughs> sitting in the dark that turns synth just into symphonies um i mean like i'll see that i, I think i can say that because i designed the first part that i make with synth too so i'm i'm 100 guilty of you've of, been there right <laughs> i've been there i speak of myself so you know the less you know sometimes the better it is hey if i have a quick second i also wanted to show um the Guide that just came out is for this beauty. Yes, we're, we're going to show this little video, and you're going to show the guide too. Great, good, good, good. Yes, yeah, so I just wanted to give it give it one last. This is great. Uh, 
loving Pat before it goes off to its uh, rightful owner, which is my friend Ryan, who who actually owns this uh, yeah. Star Trek Picard Elcar's panel from the set. And I built the uh, the rest of this to, to go with it. This, for this is exactly the right amount of Star Trek that you probably need in your home because you, you know you could turn your living room into the bridge but like this is kind of like hey like i really like it we'll talk about it. it's real yeah. but you're not on the bridge in your living room that's right and he has a couple options uh with the buttons on the matrix portal here we can switch to just still if you don't want it blinking all the time yeah um, so that's one of the the choices and then with the other button i can go through different levels of brightness so depending on how oh that's nice how much that's bothering that's cool. you like, kind of watch picard on the tv or something like that uh, we go fully dark. Yeah, this was a tough part because it was like, how do you blink only subsections? And we were like looking at how they did it historically, and it's, you know, yeah. you hand wire it. And I was like, well, yeah. like, what if we just put like an RGB matrix behind it and you just like mapped out the pixels? And that actually yeah. looks great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it even has a little bit of that um, nice kind of classic incandescent look. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good work, JP. Thanks so much. Your friend All will be so right. happy. Next, uh, Pedro, do you want me to bring uh, Noyan to the side here too? Are you both doing this one, or no? I think it. I think he has something else. Oh, man, okay, I great. hate to segue from Star Trek into Star Wars. <laughs> I'm curious right. to say that. Okay. Happy early May the Fourth. Oh. <laughs> we we like both sides. Use here. the Force, uh, Picard. Yeah. Does Does Star Trek have a holiday? No, they don't do. Yeah. yeah, they're Star Trek Day. Yeah, yeah, because we, we've changed our logo on our site. They're Star Trek Day. They're Star Trek Day. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Day, right? Yeah, they're Fed Federation Day. Day. Uh, yeah, you're right. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I was showing off um, the. I don't know who who wears these. The Bo Katan and like some of the other Mandalorians and Ahsoka. I think it's supposed to be like a communication thing. So um, I, I know PT, you like like uh, wearables that have the subtle like LEDs in it. This was definitely yeah. a candidate for that. I want to give a shout out to Bill yeah, Baker, who was, like, <laughs> yeah, who, who was like, oh, you guys should use like hot glue for doing the I didn't um, even notice diffusion you're wearing it. it. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, so, yeah it's, it's just hot glue to do the diffusion. And then the thing I'm really proud of is the um, the coin cell battery, just the little, um, what's I'm going to call it? The, uh, oh, come on. The also looks like one of the headbands from like Cloud City, except for it doesn't have the big you know, cans on the side. It's like, you're like one of the air traffic controllers talking to Landau, Carizian. It's like the deal change. Better hope I don't change it more. You know, I like it because it's like, yeah. it's so hard to do DIY um, props that have such a such a fine element. It's actually like, mm -hmm. I, well, it's quite hard to do something so subtle. Usually it's like this gigantic rock and LED. I know, I've been looking around and of course, Disney does not make one or have one with LEDs in it, like the ones on Amazon. So I was like, okay, this might be cool to, to put on. I'm also going to tell everyone this is the augmented reality headset from Apple. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, but yeah we'll uh, release this next week. I was sick, so I wanted to have it for this week, but I uh, couldn't make it. It'll be out next week. <laughs> okay. That's what I got. Right simple on. And wearable. <laughs> next up, we're going to go to Noe, and then we'll wrap up with uh, Brandon Lynn. Hey, right, what you got going on? I was muted. There we go. All right. Um, so yeah, this is last week's project, but I wanted to share it this week. Um, so I made a little snap fit case for the new Feather RP2040 with the USB host. Um, so we just got a little... Whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, sorry. There we go. Here it is. So it's a simple two-piece enclosure. Um, no supports needed and no screws. So this just fits in here. And then we have a hot glue bit. Um, that's as used as a light diffuser in the um, in the top cover, 
And I like doing these little uh, button actuators on the cover so that you can actually press the button with the cover on. Um, and then I also have a little hole for the stomach QT port. Um, so you can use that. And then let me see if I can, there it is. Got a little USB cable. And then with that tip that uh, Bill Binko uh, gave us, it, it makes a really nice light diffuser when you add a dab of hot glue. Uh, so you just add a little chamfer to the hole and then um, the hot glue doesn't seep through. It just kind of bubbles out a little bit so that it gives you a nice viewing angle uh, for the onboard NeoPixel. So it's really nice. Also added some tabs um, so folks can use zip ties or screws to attach the case to something else. Also have a little slot here if you want to pass some wires through. Uh, that's always nice to have. And that's pretty much it. It's a pretty simple nice. case. Thanks. And uh, I always like doing the button res uh, the button presser so I can still use the uh, yeah. boot button or the reset button. Um, but it doesn't, you don't bump it accidentally. It's like you have to purposely. Yeah, exactly. You have to actually press it in there. So that's nice. Yeah. So if folks want to get a little case for their shiny new feather, check this one out. It is up on uh, the learn guide and on printables and Thingiverse. So. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much. And don't forget, folks, you can tune in to learn how to make all these things or go behind the scenes of making these things on 3D Hangouts every Wednesday. There you go. All, all right. right. Thanks, Tony. All right, Brennan, you want to play us out? Hey, yeah, play out. So um, every year I do uh, an e-challenge coin, which is a little, these are small. I mean, these are really small. Um, but you're always restricted to what solder mask and silkscreen color you can use. And it got me thinking, solder mask is ink. Mm -hmm. Silkscreen is ink. And so this year when I designed it, I started out with that. And mm -hmm. then being a maker and doing a you know, small volume of you know, a couple hundred of something, I have one of those um, manual solder paste stencil printer things. Mm -hmm. And I realized I could double duty that thing into a silkscreen printer. Ooh using old school silkscreen technique. And so I went through the process of teaching myself the nuances of doing silkscreening onto hard surface. And I was able to take this and turn it into this. Oh, that's a great idea. That's so cool. <laughs> and so this year for my, my challenge coin, um, again, you can see it's small. Um, it actually is in addition to, uh, you know, sort of cryptic challenges you have to you have to do with the touch sensors and the buzzer and the LEDs, and it's got uh, side mount LEDs that shine through that. Um, it also has a UART connector, and it's got a story every year, and you have to read through the story and solve the challenges that the protagonist has. But uh, but now it's actually got some games in it. And of course, it's got that particular game in it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it turns out that you can actually do old school traditional silk screening mm -hmm. and and use solder mask ink yeah. um, on a silk screening yeah, machine. And so this will actually reflow at you know standard reflow temperatures and the inks don't change color and anything else. And so uh, um, this, 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 this is my, this is my, can it be done? I guess it can, yeah. I'm gonna try kind of project. I did so, yeah. see, you know, a while ago, there was folks that they got like the PCB printers, they would, or like they would do color printing on top of PCBs and they're like, they're really beautiful designs, but the machines are like $10,000 or whatever. And you didn't get the functionality, um, I think, with being able to like touch the electronics and they still could do things. So this is really neat. 
Yeah. yeah the uh, challenge with, you know, we always say that, uh, you know, the, the, the Holy grail is UV printers where you can get full fidelity, full color printing. Um, but they're still struggling with what happens when you reflow it at, you know, 275 yeah. Celsius or something. Um, this is solder mask ink and those are actually capacitive touch underneath all that ink and it works fine it's yeah. durable too it's not it's even durable. if you could uv print that stuff off oh yeah no it's, it's, it's yeah i've had one of these in my pocket for weeks to just field test it and it works great so yeah it turns out you can use old school silk screening technique to do with with solder masking ink to color yeah. your pcbs Wait, wait till you find out how PCB houses put silkscreen on. So, <laughs> so if folks want to find out more about this, how could they learn something? Yep. So um, I learned a lot. I made some mistakes along the way. Um, and I've got what I think is a process that's reproducible by anybody. So I'm designing a new PCB specifically to take through this process. Oh, cool. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to use all sorts of fun color. And it's going to do... Um, like you can, because it's old school silk screening, you can actually put multiple colors down, mix yeah. them together and spread them through and get like a rainbow effect. And so I'm going to be playing around with that. And I'm going to write up a whole tutorial on it. It's going to take me probably about a month. Right on. I look forward to the first tie dye PCB. <laughs> put on a spinner. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing this. This is beautiful. Thank you, cool, Sam. Thanks. Brayden. Okay. All right, everybody. That's our show. Thanks so much for joining us this week. This is... Our favorite half an hour of the week every single week. We're going to be here next week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And Ask an Engineer starts in about a minute. We'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.